Hello, my friends. It is uh, Tuesday, the 5th of May, so uh, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Uh, if there are any Hispanic brothers and sisters out there, uh, I wish you a wonderful day today, especially. Uh, frankly, I want to, to join in with and, and perhaps have a margarita today in uh, honor of this um, independence uh, of uh, Mexico. So anyway, blessings. Hoping you are well. I am no longer in a closet. I am in one of my offices and uh, coming to you, uh, Joe Zank again, Lake, Lake Catholic pastoral leader. Three small rural Catholic parishes in eastern Wisconsin. And if you are listening for the first time, welcome. If you are uh, just a you know regular person back listening, I welcome you as well. I'm, I'm grateful for your time. You could be spending it a hundred other places, and I'm grateful that you are taking time uh, to listen here. So let's take a look at uh, what our gospel is today. We will finish up our exploration of the gospel of John. So we uh, heard it on Sunday when Jesus um, had the first 10 verses and ended with that wonderful phrase, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Um, and then uh, went into yesterday when Jesus talked about, uh, you know, I have other uh, flocks and um, oh, just that wonderful uh, idea of who the others are in our life. And then today, we'll uh, take uh, eight, nine more verses. So we'll be uh, chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. And then uh, the rest of the week, so that'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think we skip later in John. I think we go to chapter 12, 13 and things, but uh, we're done with chapter 10 for a little bit. But let's listen to the Word of God for today, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The feast of the dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus walked about in the temple area in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you may have noticed, and this is, is more prevalent in John's Gospel than, than the other three, but Jesus, boy, when John's trying to hammer a point home, he's going to hammer it, and he's going to hammer it, and he's going to hammer it. So, if you have listened uh, or, or been uh, reading the scripture these last three days, gosh, Jesus is saying again, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. You don't listen to me because you don't know my voice. Um, and it's, it's, boy, oh boy, I think each one of the gospels, he said that. And, uh, and that's how we distinguish who and where the Christ is. So, the first, let's, uh, let's talk about 
Uh, let's well let's start at the beginning of the gospel today. The feast of the dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. For those we, you and I, uh, who don't call it by the feast of dedication, uh, I don't know what that is. You and I know it by the feast of Hanukkah. So for those who aren't familiar with the story, just a, a brief 30-second thumbnail sketch, um, when the Greeks, uh, gosh, I think it was the Greeks, came in and uh, took over Jerusalem in the time of the Maccabees, so this would have been, say, 150, 200 years before Jesus. Um, I think it was the uh, king of Idumea, Idumea. And uh, they came in and they took over the temple. And in taking over the temple, they they took many of the treasures out of it. Uh, But being a non-Jew going in there, it made it, um, uh, I mean, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It desacralized it, I guess I'll use that term. Uh, It made it uh, just uh, less holy, bottom line. So when the Maccabees and the revolution happened and they kicked out that occupying army and kicked them out of Jerusalem, uh, they had to rededicate the temple. And that is what Hanukkah is. It is a festival of lights because they had run out of oil to light the sanctuary, the temple sanctuary light. But the light stayed lit for eight days without any oil, and that was the miracle of Hanukkah, that, that time of light, that in this rededication time. And so that is what our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate, give or take, and I'm sure a Jewish person would come in here and, and correct me on all my uh, wrong statements here, but that is what they celebrate for the most part in the, in the Feast of Hanukkah. The interesting part here is, and it says it's winter, which naturally takes place uh, around the time just before Christmas, so it would be winter. Um, but the interesting point, I guess I'd, I'd want to point out here is, you know, a lot of people today say, ah, oh, I'm not going to worship in a church. Uh, God can be found everywhere. And I'm just going to go out and worship there. And they're not wrong. God can and is found everywhere. Uh, God is, I, I've said this before, and I don't mean to be profane, and that's probably the word I should have used earlier, that that's what the uh, occupying armies did. They made the temple profane in uh, being there. But I don't mean to be profane or blasphemous in saying this, but God is just as present in a bar as he is in church. The question is our presence to God. And, uh, and so it's not an issue of whether Jesus is present or not outside uh, it, whether God is present outside the church. God is present everywhere. There is no place uh, God is not. But, um, brothers and sisters, if we are going to be followers of Jesus, what this shows us, and this is just one example, it, there's many in the gospel, it showed us that Jesus was a practicing Jew, that he found it important to practice and pray in the midst of a community and in the midst of a tradition. And so, brothers and sisters, if we are followers of Jesus, we cannot just be anarchists out there and say, I'm going to go do and be whoever, you know, and pray in, in whatever way I want. I certainly hope you and I pray outside of the church. And we don't only just pray for that one hour a week, but we're praying all the time everywhere. Isn't that what Paul invites us to? Pray without ceasing. Uh, But 
we also are invited, like Jesus, to pray within a community and pray within a tradition. Why? Well, there's a hundred reasons, and they would take a long time, but I will just give one or two. One is because it makes love real. And when I say that is it's easy to love somebody in theory, and it's easy to love someone in general, but it's harder to love someone when they are annoying me, and I see them, and I hear them. Um, and, and how do I forgive in reality in that situation rather than forgive in theory? Um, community calls me to change, a community of people. And it also inspires me because I see what love looks like by other people. And there are times I need someone to come up to me and remind me that I'm okay. Uh, and I need to do the same for others. We are called to love in community. Now, the, the base community, of course, is our, our, our marriage or our relationship uh, with our family, uh, whether that is our children or our parents or our, our cousins or aunts, uncles, whatever that would be. The, those are our base communities. That's why John Paul II would say the church is a, or the, the, the family is a mini church. That's the, the church of the home. Uh, but then it goes larger. So if Jesus uh, practiced in community and in a tradition, it's okay for us to do that too. The other thing is, I will say, you know, uh, this point, and forgive me if I'm belaboring a point just like John is, um, the people are getting together. Now the Jew, the crowds, the Jews are gathering around him in this case. I, I, it may be the leaders. I, I don't know that it's known if he's in the portico of Solomon and the Jews are gathering around him. I suspect it is the leaders, but it is the people saying, listen, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? Are you the Christ? Tell us plainly. And Jesus, of course, doesn't say yes or no. It would be so much easier if he did. So much easier in my life and in your life if we just knew when it was Jesus asking us to do something and not. But what he does is he points to the fruit. I told you and you did not believe me. But the works I do in my Father's name, they testify. If you do not believe because you are not among my sheep, you don't, you know, you don't hear my voice, etc. I know them, they follow me. Um, so what are those fruits? What are the fruits? What do we need to look for in our life when we know or we're asking, God, is this you calling me here? Or is this the pizza I ate last night? or my ego, or my insecurities calling me here, or just my desire for change, nothing, you know. Uh, how do we know is God calling us? Well, I would say two things. The first is Paul in Galatians chapter 5, that wonderful uh, list where he says, listen, the fruit of the Spirit looks like this. If you're experiencing one of these things, you know you're in the Spirit, and that fruit of the Spirit looks like love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If any of those things are present within it, or more than one, what Paul is saying is you can generally assume the Holy Spirit is present, and if the Spirit is present, the presence of God is, is within that. So that is one way, brothers and sisters, we know 
that uh, in our lives, God is present and maybe something he's calling us to, or maybe present in a relationship. Remember the two from Emmaus were not our hearts burning within us. And that leads me to the second part I would say is, is this life giving or not? Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. Is whatever I am doing, this relationship I am in, this thing to which I'm being called, uh, this uh, mission on which I am, I'm participating in, whatever it is, the work I do, the, the friendships I have, I mean, the day-to-day stuff, is it life-giving or is it life-draining? If Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, we know he is present within that if it is more life-giving. Again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think that is the calling card of God. I think it's who he is. He is life-giver. That's that's his work. And, uh, And so that's how we listen and know his voice. We may listen to a whole lot of voices along the way, but ultimately... Do they bring us that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc.? Or do they bring us life? If so, we can trust God is present. Let's pray a uh, decade of the rosary, shall we? Uh, We are on the Sorrowful Mysteries. It is a Tuesday, so we will pray the second Sorrowful Mystery today. Let's take a moment and uh, think of an intention for which we'd like to pray, and then pray together. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for taking time, my friends, and I wish you every joy and blessing on the rest of this day. And I hope to be back together with you again tomorrow. God bless.